Hey everyone, it's Ariel Hawani, and I wanted to let you know that each and every week I'm part of a great program called the Ringer MMA Show. I host it alongside two absolutely brilliant minds. Their names, Chuck Mendenhall and Pete Carroll. And every Thursday, a new episode drops where we preview the weekend in mixed martial arts and react to all the biggest news. Plus, after every UFC pay-per-view, we give you a post-fight show. So this is what you have to do. Just follow the Ringer MMA show on your Spotify app so you don't miss an episode. We'll talk to you then. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. Take a shot at betting the NBA with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with Fandle, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit rg-help.com. Let's roll, baby, live from City Field in Queens, New York. The Mets even up. Installment one of the Subway Series. They win in dramatic fashion in extra innings. A Brandon Nimmo walk-off double, triple, whatever you want to call it. And the New York Mets get a much-needed victory against the New York Yankees. And let's be real about something here, folks. This game was shaping up to be more pain, more misery, more agita, more angst, all of the above from a Mets perspective. For the first five, six innings, you're talking about a vintage pitching stool. And in many cases in baseball, you have the great matchup. You know how many times I was all stoked to see this guy against that guy? I mean, you give me the guy, Pedro and Clemens, uh, Roy Halladay, who always seemed to shut down the New York Yankees, or you know, give me one of the Atlanta guys against Outlander, and then the game ends up being crazy, and the game ends up being nutty. This game actually had both pitchers pitching at a very high level. Cole looked a lot more crisp and sharp than Verlander did early, but the end results were basically the same. The Mets got to Cole in the bottom half of the fifth inning with the Tommy Pham hit. The Yankees responded in the top half of the sixth inning with the Jake Bowers RBI hit, and good for Bowers because he had great at-bats against Verlander all night long. But then you have both pitchers end up leaving the game, and this is where the nuttiness started to ensue, and this is where I thought the Mets are going to be looking at another humiliating night. The Yankees scored their second run because of an ill-advised play by Jeff McDill. I don't want to hear about Mark Vientos and his inexperience at first base. They had no chance of pruning a double play on IKF. I mean, we're here in the building. I said to Stefan, as soon as the ball was hit, and I'm sitting next to my buddy, the great Anthony makes, I go, then I turn it two. Eat it. He throws it. Vientos is inexperienced, so his footwork is not great at first base. 
the Yankees go and score a run. Then, to make it worse, you have a situation where IKF is taking advantage of Brooks Raley not paying any attention to him. Raley's from the windup. It's like a scene out of the sandlot. It's Benny the Jet Rodriguez and IKF goes and steals home. And when the Yankees are up, at this point, three to one, top half of the seventh inning, every Met fan is disgusted. They're booing him off the field. The crisp, clean baseball that the Mets were playing a year ago, it's an afterthought. Needs something to change that vibe. Bottom half of the seventh inning was a start. Now, is it turning the season around? Let's not get nuts. It's one game. But what it does tonight is it avoids more humiliation. It avoids more disaster. And you credit the Mets. Taking advantage of Cordero, who was not very good. They put Marinaccio in an impossible situation, bringing him in with the bases loaded. And thank heavens for the Mets that Starling Marte finally got a hit because he had plenty of chances, and he had a chance early in the game with a couple of runners on base and didn't do the job, got the base hit, and they even survived the fact that Nimmo gets picked off the second base, which, oh, by the way, might have been safe. In fact, yeah, he probably was safe. Is it okay to admit that? Yeah, it's okay to admit that. He was safe. And then the Yankees decided we're punting the game. And this is where I got a major problem. I know that there are all these analytic charts talking about usage rate and, hey, they used a lot of guys on Saturday. They used a lot of guys on Sunday. Well, here's what I know. And I'm not going to get on Boone for this. This, to me, is an organizational decision. You know it, and I know it, and I think everybody else knows it. You think Aaron Boone is deciding usage rates for the Yankee bullpen? You got another thing coming. But uh, explain this to me. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm missing it. Maybe I'm a moron. Maybe I don't understand. The Yankees had an off day on Monday, did they not? The Yankees also have an off day tomorrow. So why am I looking at the bottom of the barrel Yankee relievers pitching at the end of this game. I have no idea. I think that's lame. I think it's hokey. I think it's unacceptable. And it's the organization, not the manager, the organization. Now, we can bitch and moan about that until the high, high heavens, until the cows come home. The reason the Yankees lost this game, it's very simple. The Yankees couldn't get a big hit to save their freaking lives. One for 15 with runners in scoring position. Volpe was 0 for 3. Now, Volpe had some good at-bats. Had a terrible at-bat in extra innings. Terrible at-bat against Dominic Leone. But for the most part, Volpe was hitting the ball hard tonight. Donaldson had awful at-bats. First pitch against Adovino. First pitch against Leone. Donaldson hitting in the three spots. should tell you all you need to know about the Yankee lineup right now. It's a hot mess. Stanton. You think it's Stanton's maybe finding it? No. And one thing I noticed watching Stanton tonight and watching him lumber, the Yankees are telling him, do not swing. Or do not run after swinging the bat. We don't care. We don't care what the optic looks like. And if that keeps staying on the field, great. But my goodness, he looked sluggish to say the least in trying to motor and trying to move down that first baseline. Puff to watch. But you go one for 15 with runners in scoring position, I'm sorry. You're going to have a hard time winning ballgames. And the reality for the Yankees after what was an anomaly last night with the way they were able to muster up offense, this team is just not a good offensive team. The numbers back it up. In fact, 
you're looking at their division, and I know Judge is not there, and I know Bader is not there. That's all well and good. That's true. But right now, they are the worst offensive team in the American League East. Tampa's clearly better. Baltimore's clearly better. Toronto is clearly better. The Red Sox are hitting better than the Yankees. The Yankees, they are winning games with pitching and run prevention and bullpen. And I guess the credit to them that they're nine games over 500 with this cast of thousands they're running out there. But it was another night where the veterans, because, you know, McKinney gave you two hits. Bowers gave you an RBI. Volpe even gave you a hit today and gave you good at-bats. The big players who are still in the lineup for the Yankees, Stanton 0 for 4, Donaldson 0 for 4, Rizzo 0 for 3, LeMayu already had a double late, but 1 for 4. That's not going to cut it. That's not going to get it done. So I guess my grand takeaway from watching these two very entertaining baseball games, say what you want about both teams, say what you want about where both teams are at right now, and they have work to do, a lot, a lot of work to do. These are two really entertaining baseball games to watch. I enjoyed them. Last night was nutty. It was insane. It was roller coaster of emotions. Tonight, fun game. Nutty towards the end, but fun. It's what the Subway Series is supposed to be all about. But I guess my takeaway from watching both of these teams is, yeah, it's a far cry from a year ago where you were looking at both as legitimate championship contenders for a good part of the spring and in the summer right now. Neither team is anywhere close to that. The Mets and their lapses in the field, the Yankees and their anemic offense, both of these teams, to say needs improvement, remember those grades? I used to get that a lot from a talkative standpoint. You know when they would give you like the conduct grade? And I was uh, I was a well-behaved kid, but I didn't shut up. So I used to get those conduct grades every now and again. It's a badge of honor, to be honest with you. Who wants to be quiet? That's no fun. What's being quiet going to do you? A whole lot of nothing, but needs improvement. I know a thing or two about that. Yankees and Mets need a whole lot of improvement. All right, let's get the calls. You guys are chomping at the bit, ready to go. David starts us up on now what is a late Wednesday, soon to be early Thursday. Hello, David. JJ, this is the battle of teams that will drive you to drink. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, you're not wrong about that. You're not wrong about that. And I think both fan bases felt that way watching these two games at City Field. And especially being there in the building tonight, you could sense the angst and the frustration and the agita uh, from both of these fan bases, for sure. Yeah, and I mean, last night, the Yankees should have lost that game. Tonight, they lost. I mean, this this offense is an abomination. The, I, the lineup they're putting out there, they don't have a 300 hitter on the, on the squad. Are you telling me? 300 hitter? Uh, hold on. I'll, I'll take it a step further. David. They're showing the OPSs tonight. And I, I, I think my buddy Lakata pointed this out. I hate it. I, and, and I know I'm going to sound like an old man. And I'm going to sound like the old man yelling at the cloud. Do we really need to see the OPSs as the main stat, not the batting average for guys? And I know we diminish batting average and it means nothing. Take me back to my childhood, please. But forget it. The OPS for the Yankees, they did not have one guy in the lineup who was over an 800 OPS other than Billy McKinney, who's been here for like a hot second. So, yeah, the Yankee lineup stinks. At the moment, without Aaron Judge, they are a bad offensive team. Period. End of discussion. Yeah, and let's be honest. If it wasn't for the gaffes of, uh, in the field by the Mets, and I don't know what the pitcher was thinking when IKF was halfway 
halfway to home and no one no one says boo no one even tells me escobar doesn't say a word to him that the guy's halfway home the yankees wouldn't have even been in this game they would have had one run for the entire game i mean it's did absolutely nothing and let's be real about this david they had chances to bury verlander early in this game and they didn't do it and you credit verlander that's why he's a hall of fame pitcher he made the big pitches when he needed to but the yankees were driving up that pitch count early in the game and had absolutely nothing to show for it zero Look, I'm just sick and tired of this team just hanging around enough during the season just to make the playoffs. We know we're not going anywhere. And and it's the same thing year after year, JJ. Every year we say the same thing. We don't have enough offense. We don't have guys who could hit in the clutch. We don't have guys who could just get a base hit or 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 move the runner over. It's the same thing. Everyone's going for a home run. It's, it's just it's it's just disgusting to watch and it's so frustrating year after year. Listen, it's going to be a better offensive team when Aaron Judge comes back. We all understand that. It's going to be a better offensive team. They miss Bader a lot. I'm telling you, Bader's one of the most valuable players because of what he provides. Intangibles, running the bases, putting the ball in play, to your point. Hitting in the clutch. I do believe in that. That is that is a skill. Not every guy has it. Harrison Bader has it. So I think getting him back this weekend, not that the likes of McKinney and Calhoun and Bowers haven't done a decent job. They've been okay. Like, for what they are as players, they've done as good a job as you could do. But you need more of the cavalry to return. I mean, this lineup is just not up to par. But Stanton, I thought last night would get him going. His bats tonight were not good. And then Donaldson, I mean, so much for Donaldson coming back and hit with power. Well, he's got like three hits since he's come back. I think they're all home runs. He had the sack fly yesterday. I'll give him that. Think about your veteran guys and what they are supposed to provide and what they are providing. It's ugly. Very, very ugly. Uh, let's head to uh, Jimmy, who's up next. He joins us. Hi, Jimmy. How we doing, bud? So I'll let you handle like the bigger picture stuff. I'm a Mets fan. That wasn't even an enjoyable win. I'll, I think I speak for most of us. Um, how many mental mistakes is this team going to make in one game? You had the seventh inning where the Yankees scored uh, two runs without uh, getting one hit. You had, uh, you know, McNeil with the the shift violation. I'm miss uh, I'm missing some. I know that. Uh Nimmo, Nimmo getting picked off the second base on the base hit. Where 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 the hell are you going? And listen, he might and Jimmy, he might have been in there. But why does it come to that? If you're at second base there and you are not the go ahead run, and he's not the go ahead run at that point. Just just follow the trail runner, for goodness sakes. Brandon's a smarter player than that, you know? And listen, they were a team, Jimmy, that last year was as fundamentally sound as any team in Major League Baseball for the entire season. This year, their mental mistakes and the lapses we have seen all over the place at all sorts of different positions in the field, running the bases, at the plate, unacceptable. Completely unacceptable. I agree. And what was Escobar doing on that last, on the walk of hit? He almost got thrown out at home. Did I hope it doesn't go unnoticed. I'm watching the outfield, and I'm watching what's going on with Nimmo, but it was one of those things where it almost felt like Nimmo was going to lap him. Because Nimmo's flying around second base. It's like, all right, well, Escobar, I guess he's waiting for the ball to drop. I guess that's what it boils down to. And it was weird. I'm wondering, off the bat, I'm like, is that going to be caught? Bowers was weighing in right field. Even if he was a little bit deeper, I don't think he's going to catch it anyway. 
was in one of those quirky parts of City Field, that and right field. When the Yankees didn't score in the top half of the 10th inning, uh, the game was over. I mean, when they're throwing Abreu and Ramirez out there, you might as well uh, you know, wave the white flag. That's, that's exactly what the Yankees did. Um, I had no problem with Volpe not bunting. And I know I'm probably going to get some shit for this, but that's fine. I, I'm okay with that. That's what I'm here for. I don't like playing for the one run when I'm the road team in extra innings because it's probably not going to end up being a winning strategy regardless. When you're the home team, like if the Yankees were home tonight, runner on second, you want to tell me you bun Volpe there? I get that. Totally on board. Totally understand it. In this case, I saw some of that. I had some Yankee fans in my life making the argument they should have bunted. I didn't agree. Uh, let's head to uh, Big Mac, who's up next. Mac, take it away. What's up, dude? I'll I'll go a little big picture as a Met fan. Um, I think that, uh, you know, when Buck came in last year, there was, you know, every a lot of things were cleaned up defensively, running the bases. They got aggressive. Uh, they didn't make as many errors. And then this year, it seems like they've kind of fallen off again, and they're kind of back to the same old Mets making some pretty boneheaded decisions out there. Uh, in the field. Um, I also think lately, uh, you know, coming into the year, we said they needed another bat. That was the big uh, criticism that Vogelback wasn't going to be enough. Escobar wasn't going to be enough. That's pretty much proven to be true. But I got to tell you, in this losing uh, period that they're going through now, I think that the offense has actually been somewhat decent. I think it's the bullpen that is just blowing these games. It's Scherzer and Verlander that have ERAs in the fours and fives. So that's the stuff I'm worried about the most. And without Edwin Diaz, who I think was really the straw that that stirred the drink. And the- Well, you're feeling the impact. Listen, you're feeling the impact. As good as David Robertson has been for the Mets, and he's been fantastic, he's now in the eighth inning. Then you got other guys that have well, well, at this stage, I think he can be, but he's not Edwin Diaz. Listen, he can be and has been, Mac, let's be honest, a top five or a top 10 closer in baseball this year. I mean, if you look at the numbers, the numbers would back that up, but he's not Diaz. He is not going to perform the way, even though the numbers are really good, at the end of the day, he's not going to dominate and wow you the way that Diaz was able to dominate and wow you. But it's kind of like this uh, ripple trickle down effect where you don't have Diaz, you're sliding everybody up a roll and it kind of compromises your bullpen. Listen, the Mets to turn this season around, they can get a middle reliever or two if they're serious about trying to make a run in June, in July, right before the deadline. You'll, you'll find a guy or two. Those guys eventually will come available. But it's about Scherzer and Verlander. You know, Verlander, this is a good step in the right direction for him. He goes six innings. He got lucky that Stan decided to swing 3-0 and and hit him with double play. Otherwise, maybe he doesn't get through that sixth inning. But that's a step in the right direction for him. I don't know if those guys, Mac, are going to be dominant Verlander and Scherzer, but man, they can't be pitching to five ERAs and four ERAs if the Mets have any chance of making the playoffs. No, no, zero. I, I think they, they, you know, I, I've heard the argument that they spend too much money on these guys and they really threw all their eggs in that basket. And they kind of have in the last couple of years with these guys. And even some guys on offense like Marte that are in the, you know, second half and later stage of their careers. Well, here's the problem, though. That's the problem. When you're a team 
that doesn't have the answers immediately in the minor leagues, you got to go and throw money out there. And that's what Cohen wanted to do. He wanted to be relevant immediately. Good for him. Where you can build up your form system, you can develop your form system, but, you know, in the meantime, they're trying this kind of hybrid go-for-it type model. We're not worried about the money. We can eat the money. If we got to eat a contract or two, we can do it. But we're going to try and win. For those who are going to get on the Mets, for Scherzer and Verlander, my, my caveat would be, okay, well, if you weren't going to use your resources towards those guys, then what were you going to do? I mean, two years ago, who was the, who was the big pitcher that was being lumped in with Max Scherzer? You remember his name? I do. Robbie Ray. Any Mets fan want Robbie Ray on their team? Like, say what you want about Scherzer. And he's been awful in big games, and we roasted him yesterday. Two-year commitment for Max Scherzer over Robbie Ray? Like, come on, man. Of course that's what you're going to do. You're going to flex and try to flex if need be. So it's not like there was a, a pivot point for them. And listen, who's Verlander or DeGrom? DeGrom didn't want to be here. And at least Verlander's pitching. At least he's pitching. Baseball season is in full swing, and there's no better place to get in on MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's up to $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash NYNY to join today. So it's never too early to start thinking about second-half futures for the Major League Baseball season. And this might be a big mistake. Mets come and play the St. Louis Cardinals at home. They're at City Field the next couple of days. The NL Central stinks, and you could still get the Cardinals. We've got all that pedigree. All they do is make second-half runs. They're 4-1 to one to win the division. I might take a shot. In fact, I am taking a shot. Cardinals, plus 400. It's a lottery ticket. It's good value. Bad division, pedigree. Take a shot if they can turn their season around. Don't miss your chance to snag a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash NYNY to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Must be 21 plus in present select states. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit TheRinger.com slash RG. First online, real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at fandle.com slash sportsbook. Let's head to uh, Bradley, who's up next. He joins us. Hi, Bradley. What's up, pal? Hey, JJ. What's going on, man? Bradley, what's good? What's shaking? I mean, first off, there's a lot to dissect tonight. First of all, Boone, just again, another you know mismanagement with the pen today. And Cole, like, looking really crisp today, crisp, crisp uh, tonight, uh, having a nice bounce back after, you know, Friday against Boston. Uh, it was really good seeing him, uh, you know, come back. Well, I love that sixth inning. You know, I love that sixth inning, Bradley, because he goes first and second, nobody out, and he's able to buckle down and make some big pitches and hold the Mets scoreless there at that point. And I do wonder, you know, I do wonder if they didn't have his lengthy a top half of the seventh inning as they did if they would have tried and got greedy to try and push him the seventh inning. But this is where, listen, I kill the manager more than most. 
I know there are some in the media who think he's the greatest manager in the world. They couldn't be more wrong. I'm a little harsher on Aaron Boone. I understand that. I am not going to kill him for Cole tonight coming out of the game after six innings. I'm not, believe it or not, because it was a long top half of the seventh inning. You know, he really had to grind through that sixth. He had to fight through that sixth. And he might have emptied the tank at that point in time to get you through that sixth inning. You know what I mean? Uh, the bigger issue I have is, it, it, Bradley, it's not even Boone tonight. The organization and the idea of the way they manage the bullpen, you know, I get it. They're trying to they're trying to watch usage and this and that. But they're off Monday. They're off Thursday. You could give me some high leverage relievers. I mean, please, you can. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I agree. I mean, it's, it's definitely like, you know, above Aaron Boone too. But I, I think he could just went one more inning. But that's just me. But. Really, like the main problem, of course, it was the veteran guys on this team. I've said to you the last few nights, this, this, these guys have got a hit and they're not hitting. And I thought yesterday was like a good step in the right direction. And it's like, you know, two steps forward, one big step back. And hopefully, God willing, when Bader gets back, he is like the same guy before he went on the IL after Seattle. Uh, we'll see uh, this weekend when they play Boston, but. Anything that will help at this point, I mean, this team has got to start hitting. And we don't know how much longer Judge is going to be out for. This team, this offense, it just flat out stinks. And whenever Judge is not in the lineup, it really just shows like how how anemic this offense can be without him. Bradley, I said it over the weekend. Aaron Judge is underpaid. Can't believe I'm saying it after the contract he got in the offseason. He is underpaid. Look at this Yankee team without him. Tough watch on offense is an understatement. Think about this for a minute. Could you imagine what the Yankees would look like if Aaron Judge was playing in San Francisco right about now? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Be tough for Brian Cashman and uh, Hal Steinberg to leave their little mansions or their, their bachelor pads, whatever the case may be. Would not be a pleasant sighter on the New York City streets. Let's head to my main man, Kenny, uh, in Staten Island, New York. Hello, Kenny. How we doing, bud? Pretty good, JJ. Listen, yeah, yeah, the Mets won. But before I get to the point on the game, and I'm sure other, other listeners here would agree with me, ESPN is just a brutal watch. You know, Kenny, so I didn't get an opportunity to hear any of the broadcasts because, again, I'm in the building. Uh, I kind of conveniently told Stefan. Now, this is, uh, let's be honest about this. This is me knowing we're going to get more eyeballs on our Honda Sports Night show last night than we are tonight. So, therefore, I wanted to be strategic as far as which show I decided to do. And I'll tell you this, I am glad that I did television last night and not tonight. But then again, I wish I kind of was in the ballpark last night as opposed to tonight. So, give and take. But, yeah, you didn't love the broadcast. I, listen, I love Coney. Coney's great. Coney's, you know, one of the best analysts in sports. The rest of that booth leaves a lot to be desired. I totally understand. Leaves a lot to be desired. And some of the camera angles were just brutal. Do I really got to like know, like stand behind the the umpire basically on some of these some of these pitches? Brutal, just a brutal watch. But on the game, listen, the Mets fundamentally, and I know one of the uh, previous uh, people that you had just had on talking about Escobar, he was actually standing on second base when that ball hit the wall. Why is he tagging up? It's not like there's 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 no out. He's tagging up. You're supposed to be halfway, and, and and the Yankees basically, you know, when they when they picked up the ball, if they had a little more urgency, there might have been a closer play at the plate. 
But he was, if you get a chance to watch the replay. So I want to see the replay. I'm going to have to check it out. It was bizarre. I, because what I noticed, because again, I'm far more mindful, Kenny, of watching what's happening in right field there than I am what's going on at second base. But I did notice as Nimmo was rounding that it looked kind of close. And I'm like, geez, this is, uh, this is a little too close for comfort right here for the Mets. But, you know. Yeah, because like I said, he was t- Escobar was tagging up. I'm like, what is, I seen the replay. I'm like, what is, the Mets got lucky there. Because like I said, the Yankees thought that, you know, you know how when it comes to the extra innings where you think that, you know, no matter what you do, you're not going to get the guy out. But you watch that replay and just the fundamentals. And also, that that call on McNeil, give me a break. Come on. Yeah, that's splitting hairs. That's splitting hairs. Oh, my God. God, it's getting it's getting a little too too anal now with these rules. It really is with these umpires and the home plate umpire for both teams was a disaster, disaster tonight. And listen, yeah, the Mets won, but there's a lot of holes. There's a lot of holes on this team, and you know th- they better make it right. Yeah, I, I tip my hat to Verlander. Uh, he hung in there, but these pitch counts with these with these guys, you know, over a hundred pitches, five six innings, it ain't gonna cut it. Well, Kenny he wasn't economical. He was not economical at all. And listen, the Yankees had plenty of chances to go and pound him, and they didn't. They're good at bats early in the game, but they couldn't capitalize. Listen to some of these numbers, folks. And our buddy uh, Matt Hall tweeted this out, so I have him right in front of me. Since the Yanks went down, Stan is three, or since Judge went down, I should say, Stan is three for 26. Rizzo is one for 29. LeMayu is five for 27. Donaldson is two for 22. Torres is five for 29. So we can talk about McKinney and Bowers and Trevino and Volpe and any of these guys. All five of the guys I just mentioned are supposed to be key cogs in what the Yankees are supposed to do. They're in a buck 20 since Aaron Judge has gone out. Good stat there by uh, our pal, Matty Holt. I'm sure that's music to the ears of our long-lost friend. It has been a while. It's been a while since we had back-to-back Yankee uh, Twitter space kind of nights here on the New York, New York festivities on Spotify. Neil Keefe, uh, we have a lot to discuss. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, I'm okay. I'm looking at this monstrosity. It's a beautiful scoreboard, but it is a monstrosity uh, out at City Field as I stare at the diamond as we speak. But uh, we're okay. I mean, listen, that was a weird... Two weird baseball games, dude. Let's be honest. Both of these teams leave a lot to be desired. And these games, nutty, bizarre, kind of had it all the last two days. Yeah, I'd say so. But I would say I am actually satisfied with a split. I am too. Uh, You know what, Neil? I'm glad you said that. Because I predicted on Sunday they were going to get swept in these two games. And when they were losing 5-1 to to Scherzer last night, I expected them to get swept. And they didn't. But... When you're up three to one and the Mets don't know what they're doing on a double play ball and they have rarely gone from the windup and IKF is pulling a Benny to Jet and he's stealing home, three one bottom of the seventh. You know, I want to win the damn game. I agree. I agree. You you do want to win the game at that standpoint. Uh, but like you said, you're going in against Scherzer, Verlander. Historically, they both own the Yankees. No judge. The lineup's the worst in baseball, worse than the Tigers without judge. So to go one and one, for me, the guy who's always upset when they lose any game, I'm actually okay with what happened. Interesting. I did not expect to hear that from you tonight. Uh, and I get it because, no, I get it though. Because going into the week, Mets do to get some wins. 
Yankee lineup a mess. Yankees can't hit without Judge. Yeah, I, I kind of think both fan bases, the Mets and the Yankees, I think will come out of these two games saying, you know what? At the very least here, dude, we avoided embarrassment. I, I, I think that's how like Yankee and Mets fans are feeling right now. Because if the Mets would have swept the Yankees, the Yankees all of a sudden, we, the Mets can't beat anybody and they sweep the Yankees. The Yankees, they go and sweep the Mets. The futility continues. So, yeah, I, I, I don't think it's happy, satisfied customers, Neil Keefe, but it's relieved customers that don't have additional agenda they have to deal with until they see their baseball team play on Friday night. Right. It's not like any Yankees fan should be happy with the outcome of the two games, but I think it's more like satisfied. Like you split, you saw Scherzer, you saw Verlander, you split. Severino was awful. The lineup is what it is without Judge, and you went into City Field and you at least took one to halt the disaster that was the six-game homestand. From a Mets fan's perspective, I think they had to win more than the Yankees did. Certainly the Yankees have to win because of what the Rays and the Orioles continue to do. Uh, but for me, I, I, I'm okay with what happened here. I don't, I'm not like devastated. I'm not disappointed by it. I'm more upset with what happened in the six games on the homestand uh, and looking forward to what may happen in Seattle and Texas. But yeah, I'm, uh, you know, I'm kind of neutral right now. Well, they're in a weird spot because they're going to continue to struggle, dude. I mean, with this lineup being the way that it is, and Bader should help a little bit. He's a winning player. He's going to provide something they don't have. Until we have a definitive timetable on when Aaron Judge is coming back, it, it's tough sledding, dude. Like, they, they've done a good job of winning games, bullpen, run prevention, defense, you name it. But it's getting warmer. The ball's going to start flying out of Yankee Stadium. Dude, you got to be able to win some games and score some damn runs. Yeah, you'd like to think so. And I think the one thing you bring up there is Bader coming back. And yes, the lineup is getting more everyday looking for what they expected going into the season. But even so, we've talked about at length, it's still not going to be good enough. They're still going to have to add to it. Even when Judge comes back, whenever he may come back, no one seems to know when that will be. Uh, it, it, there's, there's a long way to go for this team in, in getting to where they need to be. Uh, even when Judge comes back, they're still not a championship caliber lineup like Boone and Cashman and Howell like to say. They have a lot of work to do. Bader doesn't change that. Even Judge doesn't change that. Stanton Donaldson's presence don't change that. So they kind of are what they are right now, which is, you know, whatever. Uh, but, you know, this team has a lot of changes that need to be made in the next six. You're not wrong. Uh, a left fielder for starters would be a, a nice place to go. And, and give these guys credit, like the McKinney's and the Bowers of the world. They're playing okay. They're doing their best. Uh, they're not it, though. Like, if you're looking for a legitimate difference maker, they are not going to provide that. If they're your left fielder in a playoff game, you're not going to be too comfortable regarding that. Um, can we give IKF a little bit of credit here, by the way? Like, now that he's not playing... No, 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 no. See, I, I'm i giving him credit here because he's not playing shortstop anymore, so I don't have to deal with him booting balls left and right. He's done a decent enough job playing the outfield. He's not made a horse's ass of himself. He's run the bases. He's had a couple of hits. Like, as a see, here's the problem, Neil. He should be the perfect utility guy to play two or three days a week and is exposed because of the position that the Yankees are in. He actually has been useful. I, I have to be honest. I know we're going to disagree on this. He's been useful. I have no problem with Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, the person, the player. My, uh, you know, ire toward him is directed at the Yankees because he didn't ask to become a Yankee. He didn't ask for the Yankees to trade for him. He didn't ask for the Yankees to take on the $51.5 million owed Josh Donaldson just to get IKF. But for what he is, I mean, he's he's not a good player. He, he's, he's 
I would say he's not even a major leaguer. Just because he's on the Yankees doesn't necess- necessitate that he is. Just like Rugden or Dora wasn't a couple years ago. Just like Bowers and Calhoun and McKinney aren't now. Again, it's not IKF's fault. He didn't ask to be in this situation. He doesn't roster himself. He doesn't make himself a New York Yankee. But the fact of the matter is, he is a New York Yankee. And the fact of the matter is, the Yankees do believe in this guy. What we saw in that two-week sample size a few weeks ago, that's not who he is. No matter what he said after that two-week sample size, talking about this is the player he thought he always could be, this is the player he, he was with the Rangers, this is not the player he is. That's not the player who he has been. And since that Dodgers series moving on forward, he's been awful, just like he was before it. So I, I don't have... So you're out on IKF. I thought I thought maybe he steals home. You know, he's making things happen in the outfield. I thought maybe you'd give him a little love. See, you know what it is, dude? If he's a guy playing one or two days a week, he's a useful player on a bench. That's the way I look at him. No, I think he is. So I think he is. Defense grows on trees. Is having a 600 OPS. As a as a backup outfit, as a backup outfielder, infielder who could run a little bit, play a little defense, put the ball in play. I don't think it's it's useful. He's only a backup outfielder because they forced him into the role. I'm sure if you took a lot of infielders and said, "Go play the outfielder out of the majors," they learn to play it. I don't necessarily think like he's some defensive whiz. He just kind of happens to be there, and they overvalue him more than any. I mean, this is a team that the Texas Rangers gave up on. The Twins had him for five minutes and traded him to the Yankees. Like, no other major league team seemed to want him but the Yankees, and they keep forcing him into the lineup. Because- well, they have no other – let's be fair about this. They have no other options. They have no other options. They don't – but that's their own – Well, I'm not, I'm not arguing that. But as a bench as a bench player, Neil, you could live with him on your bench. You could live with him on your bench. Come on. I, you, I can't – I only have to live with him because I have to live with him. The Yankees. He can be a bench player on a win. If you put a winning team on the field, he can be a useful bench player. He can. He can. I I, I mean, may like bear. I don't know. I don't agree with that. I I mean, you look at. I texted you earlier today. The Atlanta Braves playing a doubleheader against Detroit. They used their real. Well, nine. listen. That's that's a different argument. Argument. Isaiah well, wouldn't sniff the Braves 26th man roster. He would, he would not be starting every day. That's for sure. He would not be he starting. He wouldn't even every, be on the roster. Uh, I, I'm going to go through that roster and tell you if he could end up being like the uh, the fourth or fifth. He, not the fourth outfielder. Maybe the fifth outfielder on the team. Maybe. Um, therefore, but I'm glad you. Talking about him as a center fielder on the New York Yankees. Well, that's the state of affairs right now, my man. That's what we're dealing with because it's a team that was poorly put together in the offseason and has dealt with a zillion injuries. I for the life of me. And it's not the reason they lost. You know it and I know it. They couldn't hit. They were one for 15 with runners in scoring position. Do they really need to use C-level relievers at the end of this game? With an off day on Monday and an off day on Thursday? Is that... You're telling me that all... You want to tell me one or two of the guys is unavailable? Fine. The entire flock of guys that pitched yesterday can't pitch today? I mean, come on. They They asked Boone after the game, was Peralta available? Was Holmes available? He said, no, no. Like, no, like these guys are, you know, UCL strains and they've pitched 37 days in a row. This team's been, had the luxury of off days the last couple of weeks. They had an off day Monday. They had an off day last week. They had an off day the Monday before that. They have an off day tomorrow. You need to win games. Like, what are we doing here? It's almost the all-star break. You're, you're fucking nine games back. Try to win a game. Well, Neil, the way this is shaping up, let's be real about this. Tampa and the division is done. The Central is getting a team. Texas 
and I think Houston are going to the playoffs. So that's four spots right there. Tampa, AL Central, Texas, who is definitely making the playoffs, and the Astros, who are the defending champs. There's no way in the world they're missing the playoffs. I think the Orioles are going. I think the Orioles score runs. I think the Orioles got some mojo. I think the Orioles are going to add because they got a ton of prospects they can trade. They got too many prospects at this point. They're going to go and get somebody. I don't know who it is. Maybe it's Bieber. Maybe it's somebody else. I, I don't know. We could be talking about Yankees, Blue Jays, last playoff spot. I think it's shaping up that way. Yeah, that's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. I mean, to not to be on the bubble when 40% of the league gets in the playoffs as the New York Yankees with the second highest payroll in the sport is an absolute embarrassment. It's 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 unbelievable is what it is. And that's that's kind of their avenue right now. Like the the division is still in play just because of how many games are left, but realistically, statistically, mathematically, the division is far fetched. So yeah, like you said, you're fighting the Blue Jays for the last playoff spot to go on the road, to burn Cole and hopefully Rodon in a best of three, and then to go play Tampa without your top two starters. Like what are you setting yourself up for? At that point, you're almost better off not making it and hoping that there's some sort of change in the front office and the managerial spot that hasn't come in the past years. But, you know, we just keep running this same wheel. Like, it's just the same. We're living the same season over and over again, if that's what. Well, it is crazy, Neil, because the last three or four years, not necessarily 2022, because the Yankees had a good season regular season wise. But these last three out of four years have had a very similar stale kind of vibe to it. They have. It's a very, very stale vibe around the team. And I can't sit here with confidence and tell you that come October, this is the team that's going to be the one to break through. I mean, how can you? How can you? You can't. And when you hear, if you want to hear people talk about, oh, the offense is slumping. No, this isn't a slump. This isn't a small sample size. It's the same offensive problems that have been going on for five years with this team. They just are happening now rather than later in the season. They're going to happen in the postseason. It's the same team. You keep bringing back the same team, you're going to get the same results. And when you pull Judge to that lineup, it's almost it's unfathomable that a Major League Baseball team could be so reliant on one single bat. But that's what the Yankees are. Because when you pull them out of the lineup, they're, they're the worst offense in Major League Baseball. Statistically, they score three point four runs per game, which is worse than the Tigers, who are the worst offense in baseball. So it's it's hard to really buy into them, believe in them, unless they make drastic changes here by the end of July. Not counting on it, Neil. And what I am counting on, and I'm sure we'll have a lot more conversations between now and the end of this season, is a team that ultimately is going to fall short in the postseason. And I love your analogy. Basketball. Normally, hey, a Giannis is out or a Jokic is out. It's eye-opening. Steph Curry's out. Oh, my God. The difference between the Warriors with or without Steph Curry. That's how it works with basketball. One of five on the floor. Baseball, as great as these guys can be, you don't usually feel that impact. You're feeling it with Judge. You're feeling it. Let's take a couple more. Uh, Big Don is up next. He joins us. Hi, Big Don. How we doing? Doing, DJ. Don, we're doing all right. They're turning the lights off now at City Field, so they're setting the mood for you, bro. What can I say? The lights are out, my man. The lights are out. So the Mets did everything they possibly could to try to give the Yanks the game, though. You know, I mean, it was kind of 
Uh, I thought they were going to find a way to pull it out when they were up 3-1 in the seventh. Um, and I agree with a lot with what you and Neil were just talking about. I think it's pretty amazing. I mean, the Yankees obviously are at best a 500 team, you know, when Judge is not there. And it's really amazing that, you know, one dude completely changes the entire organization in that standpoint. I mean, even with Judge, they're still not a championship team because of everything you guys just talked about with all the dead bats and the dead weight that's going to show up in the postseason. But losing, losing that one bat, it's just, it's crazy what it does, not only from the numbers offensively, but just, I think Judge would have caught, by the way, that last, uh, that last ball that, that hit inside the... Oh, I agree with that. Excellent point. Excellent, excellent point. He would have, because he's one of the best defensive outfielders in all of baseball. That's the thing with Judge, Don. He brings everything to the table. It's leadership. It's power. It's intangibles. It's defense. That's why outside of Otani, there's nobody else you'd rather have on your team when he plays. Nobody. There was a couple balls, by the way, that landed in the field to play over McKinney as the right fielder that I think Judge would have caught, not, not just today, but even yesterday's game. And so, you know, it's, it, is, it stands out. I had one question for you, though, that I wanted to ask about. You know, we're about a month away, I guess, from the trade deadline and stuff. Uh, do you Have you had time to, like, look at what you think a viable option could be for the Yanks to go after? Like, do you have your eye on anybody that you think would actually make a difference in trying to turn this team around and actually get them to that level where this could be a different, you know, result in the postseason? We're not talking about the same old team again uh, come October. Here's the problem, Don. I have. But if you look around baseball, look at the standings, especially in the National League. There are not a lot of teams out of it. AL East, the worst record of the Red Sox, 34 and 35. The Royals stink. How many guys on the Royals do you want? I'd like Sally Perez. They train Sally Perez. The Yankees getting themselves a catcher. I don't know. I highly doubt it. But that's a name I would circle. Detroit. They're probably going to sell at 27 and 39. White Sox. Are the White Sox trading off talent? The 29 and 39. They have some appealing pieces. Cleveland, I don't think they're going to sell it. Three games out of first place. And they made a run in the second half last year. I think they're going to try and make another run in the second half. Right now, AL West, Texas, Houston, the Angels are six over. For the time being, I don't think they're moving on from anybody. Seattle, young team, who you want there? They're eight and a half out. A's, who do you want on that team? They stink. And then you got the Nationals, the Rockies. Cubs are interesting, but the Cubs just re-signed Ian Happ for a long period of time. So I'll have more time to dissect, all right, who's falling out of it? Because Conforto was the guy I thought would be perfect for the Mets or for the Yankees. Probably didn't slip as I sit here at City Field. Giants are four over 500 now. Like, the Giants have a... Four-game lead in the loss column over the Mets. And we're not talking about the Mets selling off pieces. So if you're the Giants, you're like, yeah, I want that. I'm going to try and make the playoffs. Let's head to the great Charlie and Elmhurst, who's up next. Charlie, hello. Hey, JJ. So, hey, JJ. So, I'm pissed off about this game. Of course you are. You lost to the Mets. Of course you're pissed off, Charlie. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, to, like, deliver some, a lot of things. A boom in this Yankee brass. I can't stand these, these dumbasses, like taking out Cole. I mean, can you squeeze him more? And that seventh inning after Cordero, like, stunk. Then, like, Maranacho, who was gassed from yesterday, that was the choice. And the tenth inning, really? I mean, I don't trust Abreu, but, like, really? I mean, not over-managing. 
and offensively, my goodness, like Rizzo is extra base hit, has to have extra base basis since May 23rd, hasn't hit a home run since the Red Series. Donaldson, I'm sick and done with this clown. I mean, Donaldson's unwatchable. Charlie, Donaldson is unwatchable. He's hands down my least favorite player on the team, without question, without question. Steph and I were talking about it earlier today. He's easily my least favorite Yankee. Oh, I can't stand him. Like, like the, the Yankees, like, you know, like Stanton, like LeMahie not doing the job. And, and JJ, I got two stats. Like, one of them Yankee-related. Uh, one of them's a preview for this weekend. Uh, Yankees team average, runs per game, record splits with, with or without judge. So with judge, 240 average, five runs per game, 30 and 19 record. Without judge, nine, uh, without judge, 212, 3.5 runs per game, 9 and 11. And the, the Red Sox this weekend, this is a preview, right? The Red Sox can't score on the road. 228 average, 4.1 runs per game. But at Fenway Park, 286, they hit 5.7 runs per game. It's a trap this week. Yeah, well, listen, Charlie, Yankees got to score some runs. I mean, I would hope that Fenway Park, for a guy like Stanton who loves hitting there, but Donaldson has had some moments there. Maybe he's going to wake him up a little bit. Maybe he's going to wake him up as the uh, shoddy Boston Red Sox pitching. But struggle. No other way to put it. Yankee lineup is a flat-out struggle without number 99 being in the mix. Massive, massive struggle. Let's take two more. Uh, Blue Shirts Nation chiming in after they get themselves a new head coach in Lavalette. Uh, I'm going to butcher his pronunciation, Laviolette. I, I like calling it the town down in South Jersey where I would vacate to the beach. Uh, but anyway, Blue Shirt Nation, welcome in. How are we doing? What's going on, JJ? It's JJ uh, after dark right now. It is. It is dark right now at City Field. I can't see a thing. The scoreboard is obnoxious, and I'm talking to you. So what's happening, dude? Definitely. JJ, I used to talk to you all the time on the fan at night. Scott from Hamilton, I'm not sure if you remember. Oh, I remember Scotty well. See, here's what you remember, Scott. When you do what I did for a long period of time, these names will never escape you. You'll say them in your sleep. You'll say them when you're like rolling out of bed, even when you get normal sleep, which I haven't actually over the last couple of days, but nothing like those days, Scotty. Nothing like those days. But welcome. What do you got for me, man? I miss hearing you on the fan, but JJ, here's my thing. And nothing Yankees, nothing Mets. You know, my... My thing I wanted to bring up to you is when are the umpires going to be held accountable for throwing players out, getting players suspended? And Drew Smith went ahead, you know, got thrown out yesterday. The MLB official that was in the in the hallway said that there was nothing wrong with his hands. So when do they get proven, you know, proven wrong and held accountable for this? Listen, Scott, from an accountability standpoint, to your point. Fair critique. Now the Mets got to play short for the next 10 days without Drew Smith. Listen, the whole sticky stuff stuff. I love saying that sticky stuff stuff. I mean, try saying that 10 times fast. It, it is really a whole lot to do about nothing. And Scherz actually brought up a good point yesterday. If you could prove that the spin rates for these guys is drastically different and is like off the beaten path, then, then fine. We got something to talk about. If there's not much of a difference, then what are we doing? here? What are we doing? Let's take two more. Jeremy, what's up, Jeremy? How we doing? Hey, JJ. Nice talking to you. Can I talk to you? Uh, Jeremy, welcome back. How you doing, sir? I'm doing good. You know, tonight was kind of like the opposite of what I was talking about last night, where our best guys didn't perform today. Marte gets a big hit, and then we'll get to hit. Berliner gives you kind of what you want. So I'm happy, but 
I really thought we were going to blow that game like 17 times because I have no faith in this team. Well, I mean, let's be honest, Jeremy. The Mets were doing everything imaginable for the Yankees to go and win a game tonight. I mean, whether it's McNeil throwing that ball on the double play when he had no chance to turn it, uh, whether it is uh, rarely going from the full windup as a lefty, allowing IKF to easily steal home. I mean, it's literally nonsense, Jeremy. So, yes, in theory, it's great to see your bigger players. Marte with a big hit. Nimmo with the walk-off. Much better start out of Verlander. That's all great. But the lapses that you're seeing, and the owner even tweeted about this after the game, that the mental lapses have got to stop. They do. They're killing this Met team. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You're going to keep making mistakes like this, Jeremy. Listen, you're not going to win a whole lot of games, and you're not going to go deep. Yet I won't make the postseason. Mets were crisp, fundamentally sound baseball team a year ago. That has not been the case this year. Uh, Jeff Money, I didn't bet the game tonight. Thankfully, I didn't have a great feel. Thought the line was kind of eh. And I wasn't going to come here and bet the Mets. I actually bet the total, Jeff Money, in my parlay that I threw in. Did not deliver for me. Did you have the Mets tonight? I did have them at even money. I took them with the uh, Blue Jays tonight separately. So I, at least I caught a break with. with well, the- let me let me ask you a, let me ask you a question, Jeff Money. Now that the basketball season has come to a close, and the hockey season has come to a close, are you going to be grinding out baseball for the next two months, or what's the move here? Oh yeah, I still like betting my baseball. You know, even though it gives you odds at times, but uh, yeah, hopefully uh, things turn around a little bit better with that. But the uh, as far as the Mets with the fundamental, I just couldn't take it. I wasn't too happy about this these two games, especially today. They just were looking to give away that game. But your team did respond, and you have to like that. As bad as it was in that top half of the seventh inning, they didn't go quietly in the night and they end up tying the game. You got to applaud them for that. You got to be fair. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, now they got the Cardinals coming up uh, for the weekend, and they got to take advantage of the sloppy with the Cardinals. They definitely got to. Listen, the Cardinals been awful this year. The Cardinals, even though they have pedigree and they're in a bad division, so I don't know if they're going to sell. They're 27 and 42 on the year. Mets need a big weekend at home. You're so right about that. They need a big oh, weekend at home. Absolutely. absolutely. And as far as uh, tomorrow, I looked at it real quick, the slate of the uh, games. Uh, I'm, I'm going to probably take a little dog. I'm probably going to go with the Angels with Otami pitching plus the 110 over the Rangers. That's not bad value for Otani. You know, I got to look, Jeff Bunny, and I got to see that's a game where I bet a lot of the public money will come in on Anaheim because of the Otani factor. That is, that's a rough slate of games on Thursday. No Yankees, no Mets. Let's see where the public money's coming in. But that line's moved a lot, Jeff Money. You want the Angels? Sit tight. Texas is now minus 128. Why? Because Nathan Avaldi on the mound for Texas. Where would they be without him? They lose the ground for the year. Valdi's going to be on the All-Star team. And thank heavens the Red Sox didn't resign him. This is a ton of fun. Yanks-Red Sox this weekend. I mean, it's always great going to Fenway. Not a lot of buzz for Yankees and Red Sox this year. And I, I, I think there's something to the comments that Nesta Cortez made about Tampa being a bigger rival and Toronto being a bigger rival. And, you know, the Red Sox not having the same pizzazz record-wise that they've had in years past. But two years ago, there was some sizzle for Yankees-Red Sox. Both teams were pretty good, or at least were fighting for a playoff spot. Pretty good as subjective, I understand. 
I get it. But it's hard to imagine a Red Sox going to be fighting for a playoff spot. They'll probably be a pain in the ass for the Yankees. They're always a pain in the ass for the Yankees. But this Subway Series wrapping up here, folks, a far cry from a year ago. Two entertaining games, two fun games, but a whole lot of work needs to be cleaned up for these teams if we're even talking about both finding their way into October. Last year, that was given. Last year at this time, you were fantasizing about Subway World Series. Now, just fantasize about both getting into the playoffs. Good to be back at City Field. Love the hospitality out here. Good job by Stefan. Uh, thank you, each and every one of you, for your support, passion, energy, all that good stuff. JJ out. We'll chat soon. Be good, everybody. Must be 21 and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas. Under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash Connecticut. 109 went in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700, or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia, or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. In Massachusetts, or call 1 877 8 Hope NY or text Hope NY in New York.